We're Robin and Shelby, and you're listening to the Rising Rebel Podcast. Through this podcast, our vision is to empower women to go for their dreams and have the courage to stand in their power. If you are someone who wants to live consciously, explore and shift your mindset, deepen your desire for personal growth, and really rebel against the shoulds and limiting beliefs that are holding you back, you've come to the right place. Here, we dig deep into the journey back to self and uncover that inner knowing that allows us to live from a place of alignment and authenticity. If the universe has placed us in your path, get ready because we're going on a wild and expansive ride. Today, we have a wonderful guest on the podcast. Her name is Natasha Rosewood. She is such an interesting and insightful woman, and I always enjoy my conversations with her, so I'm sure you guys are going to absolutely enjoy this conversation as well. Before immigrating to BC from the UK, Natasha traveled and worked internationally as a flight attendant, amassing five languages and acquiring extensive metaphysical knowledge, specializing in palmistry. Since 1995, Natasha has evolved from psychic palmist to quantum spirit healer and medium. Her other skills include author, screenwriter, intuitive reader, manifestation coach, ghostbuster, past life regressionist, public speaker, workshop facilitator, fundraiser, podcaster, TV and radio personality, and her intention is to help her clients experience joy. She has three books, and her most recent book Flight of Your Life, Confessions of a 1970s Air Hostess, reminds us all of how fallible and lovable humanity can be. The sequel, The Longest Flight of Your Life, Confessions of a 1980s Air Stewardess, will be available in 2023. She is honestly just such a wealth of knowledge and so connected to source, and so you really are in for a treat in this episode. It is jam-packed with all of her wisdom and lots of little practical takeaways as well, which I really appreciate. I absolutely loved all of the parallels between our work that, that shone through during this episode, so we hope you enjoy. Hello! Magical humans, it's Robin here, and I've got an exciting guest on here with me today, Natasha Rosewood, who is someone that I've gone to personally. I met her several years ago at actually, I think it was Mountain Spirit Festival, which is funny because we just hosted a workshop at Bloom Festival up in Sun Peaks. And so, yeah, we are so excited to have you here with us, Natasha, and to share your wisdom with everybody. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Robin. I'm so excited to talk to you. Always. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so Natasha is going to talk about all the good things today. But one of the things that we are going to touch on, which I'm actually super curious to learn more about, is quantum healing. So I don't know if you want to just dive right into some of that that goodness about quantum healing that you'd like to share with us. Absolutely, Robin. As you know, it's my new pet topic. And I think we all need something new, like, you know, we've been hearing lots of um, philosophies over the years, but this actually came to me during COVID and I was watching something on YouTube and I realized I've been doing past life regressions for probably 25 years, had fantastic results, been able to heal people's traumas from 500 years ago. And I thought, hang on a second, if I can do that from 500 years ago, why don't I, I do current life healing? And I was watching something on quantum, I forget what it was, but it I, I felt like I got a download and it's like, oh my God, I can do this. So 
I've been reading for mm, over 40 years. I don't even like to admit that. <laughs> and what I found the common thread is with people is that they have this subconscious belief that they're not good enough. They don't deserve they're victims of circumstance. They got to take what they get. And meanwhile, I'm seeing this fantastic potential in them and I'm going, okay, how can I connect the dots for them? And I'll often see their potential in a reading and they'll go away. And I think, oh, I don't think they're going to be able to get there from here. So this quantum healing process came to me in a millisecond. And what the process does is answer three questions. Who do you, who do you think you are? Who are you told that you are by your family, your teachers, your peers? Uh, for example, I was told that I couldn't write and that's all they wanted to do. And I am, I am a writer now and a good writer. Um, you might've been told that you're not lovable or felt that you weren't lovable or that you weren't very bright. You know, I hear parents talking to children, calling them stupid and I just, cringe because I know how that sticks. So that answers the first question. We write down all the negatives. What have you been through in your life to this point that has kind of really echoed those beliefs? So no kidding. We, we talk about the law of attraction. If you think you're stupid, you're going to be treated with disrespect or you're not going to be offered the great promotions. The next question it answers is who are you really? So listen, you've been through all these traumas, you've survived it, you've come out with shining colors, so that makes you brave, intelligent, smart, you're full of grace. You know, I point out all the great talents that people have, and they kind of look at me and go, oh yeah, I guess I am that, right? So based on who you really are, who do you wish to become? What do you want to have in your life? What are your preferences? So instead of basing it on the negative, we're basing it on the positive. And when we base it on the positive, it becomes possible. It becomes possible. And so I'm like the fairy godmother and I say, okay, what do you want to create in your life? Because guess what? If you have that desire, that is God given or universally given to you for you to create and accept and allow in your life. So we're going to create a new movie and we're going to create this place, your dream, where you're living in your dream home with your dream partner, your dream family, your pets, uh, you've got your dream job, you're doing you to the best of your ability. And you're so full of joy, excitement and grace, gratitude, of course. And so when we have established that, that you, the client told me exactly what that looks like, I then have them kind of completely relax, take them on a guided visualization, which you might call bordering on hypnosis, but it's more of a guided uh, visualization meditation where I bring in the angels and the, the highest frequency of light, have it travel through your body. So heal you physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually renewing all the cells in your being. And then while I'm doing that, I'm taking you on this journey into your own highest self where you go up in the elevator and you go from the present frequency to the highest frequency and there on that high frequency is your new reality and I get you to embrace all of that you, you see your family your home all that stuff has come into reality you have people clapping for you hugging you everything is forgiven from the past it's a brand new day in you as your highest self and then 
you come back to the garden and you come back though as your highest self with all these gifts that you've actually transmuted from old hurts and pains so you've taken the pain and turned it into joy and that's represented in a new car or a new house or promotion whatever it is you want and then you come back to this life you pay that you play that guided meditation that i've created for at least 21 days as you go to sleep at night or as much as you can you can play it in the afternoon people look like they've been on lsd when they leave my place because they're so like whoa this is great <laughs> and uh, they take it home and <clears throat> i've had great results with this because the idea is that you do this once, you don't need to go for years of counseling, you don't need anything else except to choose to become your higher self and allow in all the joy and um, great things that are in this universe for you and just give it permission to come in. And so some people have never come back. One lady came back and she said, I said, why are you back here again? And she she said, because she told me since the first one, she'd um, dumped her husband, dumped her lover, sold a house, which she couldn't decide about beforehand. And she's gone into this great spiritual path and become a spiritual teacher now. She came back for another quantum healing. I said, well, you don't really need it. And she said, no, but I just love the experience. <laughs> I want to do it again. <laughs> so it's it's really taking stock of how fantastic you really are and using that information to allow you to create what you really want to step into your higher self so you don't need me to be your psychic anymore you are the creator of your own reality everything you just said i had goosebumps because it's so magical and also, I just can't believe how many parallels there are to what you described and what Shelby and I talk about all the time with the limiting beliefs and the subconscious reprogramming. And we've mentioned time and time again that for us, there is no line between where energetics ends and personal development or self-help or self-development begins. And this is the perfect example of that because what you're doing is another approach or a different modality or a different process to something very similar to that we also work with as well, which is the subconscious reprogramming more from that neuro science kind of side of things. And, but, but the common thread, and I mean, we've mentioned before that all the great teachers, all the books, all the leaders in this space, whether it be spiritual or personal development, there are common threads through it all. And the common thread for this really is embodying that highest version of yourself or how Shelby and I describe it is becoming that future version of yourself now. And so it's, you know, we hosted a workshop last weekend and Shelby led everyone through a future self visualization, which almost sounds a little bit similar, but it's when we come back into our body, what ways can we bring those aspects of what we saw for ourselves, those beautiful things that we're calling into our lives? How can we start embodying and becoming that now? And so it's exactly what you said. I had goosebumps when you're talking, 
first of all, I thought that sounded so magical and I could see why someone would come back just purely for the experience of it. But I love that there are such parallels so people can, can access this from whichever way feels best for them. And I think there was a key piece of what you said that you can see this potential and you can see this beautiful, like all these beautiful gifts and this beautiful side of someone that they, it's a little bit buried and they can't necessarily see for themselves. And so I can absolutely see that for some people, this would completely crack them open and leave them open for this potential of, you know, accessing all these desires or manifesting these desires into their life. So I absolutely love that so much. And one thing I'd like you to expand on a tiny bit is you mentioned about, you know, our perception creating our reality and, and that they come out and they basically walk out of your office or out of this experience as their highest self. And so how can someone, what are some tangible ways that people can actually start practicing this? And the one thing that I really noticed was you give them this visualization and tell them to do it for at least 21 days. That's important. That's not just having this magical experience and then, you know, sitting on your couch and hoping everything's going to, you know, appear in front of them. So can you expand on that piece a bit? Um, I do. And I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because within the quantum healing, I do use, I have gleaned a lot from other modalities over the years. One of them is NLP. I love NLP, uh, neuro-linguistic programming, because, you know, it's dealing with the neural pathways and it's quick and instant. You can use this with children. And one quick, what, what started to happen in my readings is I started to introduce little bits of my quantum healing techniques into my readings because if somebody's really in a dark place I say okay let's go here so what I do is get them to go to their happy place so for me it's lying on a beach white sunny beach in Barbados under a wafting palm tree I'm hearing the lapping of the ocean I'm reading a great book I can hear the steel drums in the background I've got a pina colada <laughs> on my table right so I go what's your happy place tell me what that looks like give me some details give me some sounds give me some color and what's a word for that give me a feeling so um i'll just say yesterday i did this with a client and she said i'm in nature i said what's the word for it she said miraculous i said what's a color she said yellow so then i get her to take a deep breath and i say whenever you find yourself falling off that positive vibe whenever you catch yourself going towards the funk before you get towards the funk because you don't want to build up the momentum of the funk you stop yourself you go cancel cancel love love and you might say miraculous and then you breathe in this beautiful yellow light warm sunshine and you go oh yeah that's right i'm in my happy place and what you've done is anchor with the color the sound the vision if you're visual or kinesthetic whatever you are um, color is very powerful. Sound is very powerful. Music for some people is very powerful. If you just anchor that in and you just go cancel, cancel, love, love, I'm by the stream or I'm on the beach. It's just like a habit. It's a practice. It's a good habit to get into. We've had plenty of bad habits all our life that has led, led us into the depression, the anxiety and the funk, the funks. We want to practice going up the stairs into the light. So just these little tricks 
can, you know, it doesn't have to take three hours like a quantum healing does. It can take like 10 seconds. And I do it myself. I catch myself, uh, ask myself how I'm feeling. And if I feel like I'm upset, well, like, what am I upset about? I give myself permission to be upset. I'm not masking it. I'm going, okay, well, somebody didn't get back to me. Maybe I had a thought that they don't love me or they don't respect me. You know, we all go down that path. And it's like, okay, well, I can do something about that. And then I need to get back into my happy place and my best stuff. And that's thinking positively, expecting, expecting joy, expecting respect, expecting happiness. And that's, it does that for me. Oh, that's so perfect. And it's that that is right there, the subconscious reprogramming as well, because it's catching the thought that you don't want to let spiral or that you don't necessarily resonate with anymore. And then having a tool. And in this case, it's that anchor, which I love to draw on. And so something that we talk about a lot is rehearsing this or coming up with what you want to replace those limiting beliefs or negative thought patterns with when you're in a very resourced place. So for example, when they're, you know, working with you or they're open versus when you're in a triggered state and then trying to reach for a higher vibration thought is really difficult. And so if you already have that and you're giving them that tool ahead of time, then when you are triggered or you find yourself going down that same old path of your negative thinking, then you have a tangible tool that you can use in that moment to change it. It's pattern interrupt, I call it. You know, it's very good to recognize the patterns and just interrupt them and keep interrupting them. So the brain goes, hang on a second, what's going on here? I need to expect something new and different. The other little tool I do use sometimes is just, I'm sure you're um, familiar with EFT, emotional freedom technique, and that's people know it as tapping, where you can just tap on one of your acupressure points. I like the one I just tap on the side of my hand below the little finger with a couple of fingers and say, I love and accept myself. I just love and accept myself. All is well, I am safe. And that for me just works. So people can choose an affirmation and just keep, and that also anchors in the body if you tap on an acupressure point. So that's another little tool people can use. Oh, yes. I love these. All of these modalities, they all work together. And so that's why we talk about the blending, like, and yours is exactly the same. One of the things you mentioned was that people have these habits, like these ways of thinking or believing or these negative thought patterns, or even those kind of core beliefs you mentioned at the beginning of I'm not enough, or I'm not worthy that I think when we boil it down, most of us, most of our limiting beliefs kind of filter back to a few same core beliefs that a lot of us struggle with. And you mentioned, well, they've become habits. So it takes a lot of practice to actually break the habit. So giving yourself some grace to feel whatever you're feeling when it comes up, but then implementing the new practice. So can you talk about a little bit more about the practice piece of it? And I think was the 21 days intentional because I've heard you mentioned they use the 21 days, but I've heard about habits being created in 21 days and certain things like that before. So is that number important? It is because apparently, and you're correct there, Robin, it takes 21 days to change a subconscious belief, 
to re-embed something new. And so I, there's a point that I forgot to mention in the quantum healing process where I do take the negative beliefs and we put them all in a chest and we, we throw them away and we don't just throw them away. We don't just litter the universe with negative beliefs. We, we trans, we set intention to transmute them by adding light to them, turning them into something new. So that's what you're doing with this repetition of the subconscious. We've kind of in the quantum healing, we've disposed or broken down or smashed to pieces the belief that, for example, I can't write. Well, apparently uh, my sister, who was very jealous of me, for I don't know why, but anyway, she told me that I'd written a story for my English teacher at school and I loved writing. And my sister came to me and said, oh, Mrs. Evans asked me to write that story because she said, you can't write. So I got that in my head as a 10 year old, I can't write, but all I wanted to do was write, write books. And when I did my own kind of quantum healing, I went back to, okay, what's stopping me writing? And then I remembered this, you can't write story. And I went, hang on a second, where did that come from? Who told me that? That was my jealous sister. She was probably just saying that to be mean or to have one over on me. So I implore everybody to first identify their negative beliefs, go back to the root and go, who told you that? Was it your mother, your father, a teacher, your nasty friend? You know, that was just one person. Maybe that's not the truth. It's probably not the truth. Um, so that's one little thing you can do to, to start this going. As far as the practices go, Every day I get up and I found this very difficult in the beginning, but I look in the mirror in my own eyes and I say, <clears throat> Natasha, I love you. And this is why I love you. And I implore people to pick 10 things, 10 traits that they have. Like I think I'm brave. I'm funny. I'm intelligent. I couldn't have told myself that years ago. I would have, I couldn't even look myself in the mirror and tell me that I love me. So loving the self, you start with that. Then I do gratitude and I, instead of, I, I say thank you for my young, healthy, fit, physical body. I thank God for my hair, for my toes, for my hands, because not everybody has them, for all my physical attributes, which allow me to do the work that I do to serve others. I thank God for the money, all the money that's coming in. Um, I thank the universe for all the future things, not what's going on right now. I do thank the universe for the money I do have and also the increase in abundance um, for for everybody's health, for anybody that's sick in, in, my, um, in my client base or my family or my friends. I say thank you for bringing health to everybody and thank you for lifting up the planet because we are going into a new paradigm and what you're doing, Robin, and what we're all doing here is it's becoming mainstream. It's going to become the norm. It's been, you know, individuals popping up, speaking and people going, they're really woo-woo, they're out to lunch. But really they're talking, speaking of the future consciousness, waking up and being in this gorgeous place of um, empowered creation. It's, it's gonna be, so it is beautiful now, but it's gonna be even more beautiful. Um, so the other practice I do are affirmations. Um, yesterday I wrote down, I've got a positive little book and I just wrote down words because I'm a writer and I love words. So I wrote down delicious, luxurious, happy, fun, exciting, funny, uh, free, 
free to travel first class, free to just do nothing, free, happy, infectious in a good way, <laughs> infectious love, <laughs> not COVID infectious, um, you know, contagious in a good way. Uh, when I'm happy, I don't even have to do anything. People around me feel it and they're drawn to me because they want some more of that. Um, writing down the words, writing down the affirmations, treating the mind, you know, we exercise the body and do yoga and go to the gym and go for our walks, but we don't exercise our mind. So we need to do a, do a regular clean out, like we clean out our cupboards, you know, and get rid of the crumbs and, and the stuff that's stuck in the corners. That's just like our old beliefs. We've got to go deep in there and go, okay, what are the thoughts I have about myself that don't make me feel good? Because I only want thoughts in my cupboard that make me feel excited, happy, generous, at peace. I'm good to go. Everything that you mentioned with these practices, I love that you shared these with us because for both Shelby and myself, we really noticed a huge transformation in our lives when we actually started doing the practice, not just, oh yeah, I've heard that before. Okay, move on to the next thing. Well, have you actually ever done that for let's say 21 days, like you mentioned, to really make it a habit and reprogram that subconscious? And like you said, these are muscles that you have to build. They and you do that through the practice, the actual doing of it. And so I think we'd like to kind of bypass that and just arrive at the state where it's all happening, but that's the work. The practice is the work. And something you mentioned in your, when you mentioned about the quantum healing, I'm excited for whatever this, you know, thing that you're calling into your life is, or those details, those really crisp details of the colors. What do you see? What do you feel? Are there smells? Those for me were the key in. So for me, when I was, for example, doing vision boarding, so the images would be the anchor only if they really evoked a strong emotion in me, but how you get that strong emotion and actually get into the frequency and vibration of that what you're desiring, because you said, you know, what you desire is, is a match for you. If you're desiring it, the universe will give that to you, but is through those senses, through those feelings. Cause when you close your eyes and you're feeling it, your brain and body do not know the difference between actually experiencing it now versus in the future. And so if we can kind of, if you can share your sort of definition or explanation of quantum, because for me, this is something I've had a hard time wrapping my head around, but this piece of it, for me, when I think of it, that's the piece that clicks it. Quantum to me is that anything's a possibility. Everything out there is a possibility. And so the, you know, being able to quantum leap or whatever, you can kind of access that through the frequency and becoming and feeling those emotions to what you desire now. And so I'd like to get your take on it, your explanation of what you see it being. That's a great question, Robin. So quantum for me, and I was getting ready for to write a book on, on quantum healing and doing some research, <clears throat> excuse me, on the physics. And it has different connotations, but my sense of it is kind of the in-between. So we're in the quantum field. And for me, quantum means 
just being being able to go from A to Z. It's like intuition. The way I'm able to see when I read you, for example, and I say, oh, I think you're going to change the name of your company. And I think you did. Right? <laughs> we did. Um, <laughs> you did. Uh, it's like I'm seeing you in the now, but I'm seeing you maybe, you know, two weeks down the road, 50 years down the road. Why can I do that? So I'm like going from A to Z. So I don't, if I was to put it into a, into a physics equation, there'd be one massive long equation between the A and the Z. What the quantum is, it allows me to go in a millisecond from A to Z and just know it without me doing any math or any physics. And for the people coming to get the healing, it's like we don't have to take years of counseling where you go and see somebody and maybe the counselor, God bless them, doesn't believe in past lives or doesn't believe in the possibility. So they're keeping you in the confines of the psychological little box here. I'm saying quantum, as you said, anything in the field is possible. It's only our minds that need to match up with it is possible. It's the opening the door and saying, yes, I don't know how it works, but it is possible. Therefore, I can have $6 million by next week. I don't need to worry about the how. And what you were saying and what I was saying before about doing the practice, I just want to kind of go off track a little bit because so many of my clients right now are going through a lot of anxiety and they're going, I feel lost. I think this is a post-COVID PTSD kind of, okay, I know what I didn't, I don't want what I was doing, but I don't know what I want to do in the future. And a lot of people are feeling anxiety, which is a sign of depression, rage, anger, hurt. And what I want to say to a lot of people is, if you don't know, don't do anything right now, because there are no decisions to be made. Go and have a nice long sleep, watch a funny movie, Make yourself a cup of cocoa with marshmallows on it. Cherish yourself. Uh, go and have a, have a massage because your guidance system will come in when you're ready. And if you don't know and you're feeling anxiety, you're in a much lower frequency where you can't receive the higher frequency guidance. And there is a book called by Esther Hicks and Jer Jeremy, her husband, Jerry, Jerry Hicks, um, asking it should be given. And in this book, they do this um, graph. It's not a graph, but it's a, a diagram of what emotions match which frequency. And so say you're in depression. Well, depression is often suppressed anger. So then by coming up and getting into, into your anger, that's actually a positive move because you're allowing yourself to feel your anger actually is your empowerment as long as you don't throw things at the wall or at other people, you address the anger by asking the question, who hurt me? Who, what's hurting me? And having the power to take care of that. And then there might be relief. You're not going to go from anger to happiness. You've got to go through up through the stages. So I found that very useful for people to, when they're dealing with these dark, deep emotions and, and anxiety, and anxiety is just above depression, by the way, is to look at that and go, okay, where am I on the emotional scale? And where would I prefer to be? So what do I need to get to? What's the next step up? And sometimes I just walk around saying, oh, I'm so relieved that, you know, the money's in the bank, or I'm so relieved that the movie's sold or the book's a bestseller. I'm just so relieved. 
And relief is fantastic because you're not in the darker, lower vibrations of that time. So that's another bit of a practice, but also acknowledging where you're at right now. And there's no work to be done when you're feeling in that place except rest. We've all been through a tremendous amount of trauma and we need rest now. So there's not about, okay, it's finished. I got to get back to the program. No, the whole point of COVID, as far as I'm concerned, was for us to take an opportunity to look at how we were doing our lives and how it wasn't working and where it was working or where it wasn't working at all. And to give ourselves permission to paint, to draw, to skip, to dance, to, to, to travel, to quit, you know, what's going to make you happy, focus on that and move toward that, however long it takes. That makes so much sense because I'm sure you've heard what you resist persists. And so we don't, when we don't surrender and just give space for the entire range of emotions, if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling angry or frustrated or whatever, if we don't let that just flow through or pass through or run its course, then it actually takes a lot of energy. Like that beach ball, keeping it under the water takes a lot of energy instead of just allowing it to re release, right? Or move through or process. To me, it's like putting icing on a burnt cake. <laughs> you know, it's not gonna be very good, right? So as Esther Hicks says, it's all about, we've got to care about how we feel and what triggers the feelings of thoughts. So if you're feeling badly, go back to the thought and change the thought, like I said, cancel, cancel and go, okay, I can feel relaxed. I'm, the universe is taking care of me. I'm safe in this moment. I've got a roof over my head. Everything's good. I'm good. So get into the good feeling. And then that's when you open up to the better and better feelings, because then you're going, energy is always moving one way or the other, up or down. So be aware of that. And you want to always be going upwards, however slowly you're going. Uh, you don't want to be slipping back down that ladder into the black hole. So I've been there. That's not fun. I've, you know, I've, I've gone through this. So I empathize with people who suffer from depression. Absolutely. It's a hellhole. But there are tiny, tiny little things they can do, even if it's just going to bed and pulling the covers up over your head and saying, universe, you take care of this for me today because I can't. I've done that before and it's worked. I've got a quick story. Can I tell I'd you? I'd love to hear it. Okay. Years and years ago, um, I had a thyroid issue and I had didn't have the ability to take care of myself. I had my own business. I wasn't doing any readings and I've got bills coming in like everybody else. It was a Wednesday afternoon and I'm exhausted. I'm just exhausted. Anybody that knows about thyroid knows the exhaustion. So I said to the universe, universe, you have to help me out. I need $4,000 by Friday or more. And I can't do anything. So you have to take care of me. I'm going to go watch a movie and relax. So I did. And for some reason, the next day on the Thursday, I got the inspiration to just walk half a block down to my mailbox. And I went down there and opened up the mailbox. And in there was a check for $4,123. And I went, wow. And it was a surprise check from an inheritance, which I did not expect to get. And I went, I'm going to go to the bank right now and put it in the bank before it dematerializes <laughs> because I'm going, is this real? 
And I said, thank you, universe. Thank you so much. It was instant manifestation. Wow. And so I got taken care of. So I, I know I've done this on many occasions when I've been in overwhelm, depression, anxiety, like I just can't do this anymore. I'm going to take a break. I go to bed and say, universe, this, this is the outcome I'd like. And sometimes I've been in bed for a week and, you know, due to exhaustion or whatever. And then suddenly I get up and I'm re-inspired and poof. And this just happened recently. Had five things all happen a day easily and effortlessly. Things just kind of tickety, tickety, boo, happened. Thank you, God. So, you know, I, I encourage people. It's not always about the work or the practice. Sometimes it's just about surrendering and just knowing that you're loved and cared for by this universe. And it can come from the strangest of places. So you won't, in your little ego mind, be able to figure it out, the how. Just surrender to the higher self and that your spirit guides and angels, and they do, they do take care of you. That's one of the biggest pieces for me with kind of leaning into the spiritual side and just knowing that you're not alone and you don't have to do it all yourself, right? That you can kind of lean on the universe to support you as well. Or for me, spirit guides and angels or whatever. And it's just another connection. And, you know, sometimes I think most of the time, it could just be our highest self too, like accessing that, but it just feels good and reassuring to know that you have support when you need it. And so it totally relates back to what you said about, you know, people that come to you or for quantum healings or whatever, it can kind of collapse time and versus spending, you know, 10, 20 years in counseling. And the funniest thing about that to me is it's not a coincidence that I'm talking to you because when I was, when I first started, you know, working with psychics or mediums or whatever, it really, I did that before I ever went to a counselor. And then later on, I was able to blend the two and, you know, still practice, you know, going, seeking that kind of help, but also some of the, the more traditional therapies and something that you said earlier about with the quantum healing and the subconscious reprogramming, thinking about the first time that your sister, for example, planted that seed that you weren't a good writer. Well, recently, actually at the Bloom Festival, there was someone doing a talk about EMDR therapy, which is actually a form of therapy I really love and have done with my own therapist. But it's just another modality. And she was talking about the first and the worst. And so when's the first time that this ever occurred to you? So for example, like that seed was planted with your sister in the writing and what's the the worst? And so if you can just bridge the gap or kind of heal between the first and the worst, then you're able to kind of release it and let go of it. And so it's just, for me, it's just saying it in different ways or different modalities of accessing the exact same thing. And, but for me, I leaned for sure into what you're talking about first and then later on kind of went down the other path, but. Yeah. And I do want to say here, Robin, that, uh, and I may have come across this, um, you know, didn't sound right. I'm not dissing counselors at all because I send a lot of my clients for counseling on various issues. So I'm not saying that, but some people have said to me, gosh, you know, I've been going to counseling for three years and I've got more in the hour than I did in those three years. 
and that could be a psychic reading not even a quantum healing so it, it's it's good that you approach it from many paths because one of them's going to hit or a combination of them are going to do the trick for you whatever it takes I say whatever it takes oh 100 percent. and I've I've experienced both right I've experienced kind of breakthroughs through both and I 100 percent agree with you and one thing I actually have a question I don't know if you mentioned this or not when you were describing the quantum healing but when I was trying to conceive, I intentionally went to a healer with the intention of asking her to help me, you know, release or heal any intergenerational things that I didn't want to bring forward, even though I wasn't aware of them. Like it, they weren't necessarily in my conscious. And, and but right. so I'm just curious with that, when you're doing this quantum healing, like you're probably energetically also clearing up a bunch of other stuff that people don't necessarily need to, the whole list of everything. Is that, is that true? Is Well, it's, it's so fascinating to me because when I do the past life work and I do the quantum healing work, I'm channeling, I'm guided by their guides, my guides. And what will pop up is um, either sometimes even a, in a quantum healing, if we haven't done the past life before something that happened centuries ago, or something that has been inherited through intergenerational trauma. And what I will do sometimes, it's fascinating, I will be shown their ancestors in the room when they go to meet their higher self and they are greeted by them and they're shown what has been passed down and what they have. Alcoholism, for example, is one example. Um, can be the result of intergenerational trauma and a reaction to it. It can be a reaction to trauma in this life as well. But they greet, they, I've seen them greet their ancestors and I've been instructed to guide them to melt down all the uh, trauma and kind of, it, it either goes into a fire or a bowl or it gets smashed down to little dusty pieces and blown away. Like the message, the learning has taken place. They've garnered the gifts from the events so they don't need those events or the trauma anymore it's gone and then they hold each other as one spirit these are all in spirit form they come together as one spirit and i i've been guided to say that all these spirits past present and future are just pieces of yourself um, in expression in physical outward expression and now they're coming back and you're accepting them and you're at peace with them you're completely at peace with them. So you understand and you've um, absorbed the beautiful gifts of learning that came with all those events. So it goes into the cellular memory. So like you said, it's not a conscious thing, but it's in your cells. Mm -hmm. And so that I make sure it goes into all the cells of the being so that the cells are repaired and they're not carrying any memories of those particular events. They will get new challenges in the future, but you're not dragging around uh, garbage bags full of old bricks that serve no purpose at all and are just heavy and wear you down and make you tired and depressed. You're letting those go. You're actually smashing them to smithereens and just seeing the dust blow away in the wind as butterflies or fairy dust. And you're free and clear to move forward with new challenges. To me, too, that sounds like another form of surrendering, right? Of releasing to just, you know, start fresh again. 
And this actually yes. made me think of something else. I'm wondering if you can touch on because sometimes, you know, if it is in a this lifetime or, you know, with generations that we've known these certain things have happened, you know, maybe it's just with a great grandparent or something like that. But, you know, I think sometimes the, the grief can be passed down too. And especially as women, something that I've heard is that, you know, we're, we are carried in our grandmother, mm-hmm. right? Because her, our mother's eggs were in our grandmother. And so as women, especially like we on a cellular level, we were actually physically there as well for these experiences that we will never remember. But so how does that work with grief? Like is grief also passed down in that way or other ways that it comes into play with this quantum healing? Absolutely. So grief is, I could write a whole book on grief. I've got, you know, oodles of information, but grief to me is, you know, can come after trauma. So for example, my grandmother survived a bombing and my mother and my oldest brother actually survived a bombing during the second world war, really aging myself here, but anyway, and, and my father, you know, was a fighter in, in, he was a soldier during the second world war. And it's interesting to me because I especially appreciate peace. And I think I appreciate peace because it's in contrast maybe to the uh, generational trauma that I might have inherited, right? So it's an extra appreciation of like, oh, it's so calm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love this. Um, So yes, grief is major. It can be inherited for sure because especially if a mother hasn't healed losing a child, for example, you know, that, that grief is very kind of insidious because it can feel like a low grade flu. You're not even aware sometimes that you are in grief. So when clients come to me, I'll give you a very good example of a client who came to me at a psychic fair one day. And I said, you know, do you have stomach issues? And she said, yes, I've got, um, I can't even say it's a long word, but anyway, she said, I'm actually due for surgery. And I said, and I could see her partner sitting waiting for her behind. And I said, I think this comes from a past life and you're in grief about children. There's this like big void in your stomach and it causes you a lot of grief and that's causing the dis-ease. And I said, it's even impacting him as well. So she came for a uh, past life aggression, turned out in a past life, I she she came up with it. I I said go back to the uh, lifetime where you experienced the original pain, the first, as you would say, and she identified that she'd lost. It was very traumatic. She lost three or two children in a, a school bus that had gone off the road and into a pond, and they drowned. And we I don't know how we did it, but I, as I say, I'm very guided, and we turned this event into. Well, it was just an event and, you know, you're separated from it now. And yes, it was painful. But what did you learn from that? What was the gift from that experience? So we actually created not so much a positive, but we neutralized the grief and the trauma. And we we brought some peace to her around that so she could at least understand it. And she called me a few months later. She said, oh, Natasha, my stomach's so much better. She said, I'm still going for the surgery, but... It's like 75% better. Thank you so much. And then she became a quantum healer herself. Oh, wow. 
This is actually making so, me think of, so that's a, that's a past life thing carried forward, but it, I had a question from a friend the other day was the difference between a psychic versus a medium. And I know that a lot of people, for example, will go to or seek out a medium when maybe they've lost a loved one and they, you know, are looking for some guidance or some closure or whatever around that. But there's grief there too. And so how does that play in with it? And also maybe you can touch on, you know, what the difference. Yeah. Okay. So for me, a lot of psychics and spirit mediums, they separate the two, some combine it. My own journey was I started off studying palmistry. I was already very sensitive and empathic, and I think I was already very psychic, but my mother told me I wasn't, so I believed her. I just thought I was right all the time. And um, so, you know, I started as an empath, and then I started uh, to, to see visuals, and it wasn't until um, I was early 40s and my fiancé dropped dead suddenly, very suddenly, just proposed, and then he dropped dead. And I threw myself into the spirit realm to figure out what was going on with him. Where was he? How could I talk to him? That I I think I opened up this big door. And maybe I could see spirits before, but I wasn't giving myself permission to. But seeing spirits and being intuitive and seeing people's future became one and the same. And people would show up for readings. And I go, oh, your Uncle Fred's here. Or, you know, there's this big Viking dude over here. He's your spirit guide. And it just became part of the part of my thing. I have done audience readings, a lot of those. And a lot of people, when you bring in the grief aspect to it, I've been able to help people a lot with losing somebody because they've either felt like, oh, I had a fight with them on the, the night they died, or I should have been there for them, or are they okay? And I find it very interesting that people on this side feel so much grief and remorse. And I say, listen, they're having a big party on the other side. They're doing great. They're more <laughs> worried about you. And I encourage people here. I say, you don't need me to speak to your deceased loved ones. If you're feeling grief, if you're feeling like you're missing them, if you're feeling remorse, write them a letter, tell them you're sorry, ask the angels or them to give you a sign like a white feather or a dime or something to show that they heard you. Because I can guarantee that if you're thinking about them, we're like maggots, that magnets, they're thinking about us. And so when you release that person from your grief and you say, okay, well, they're just on the other side of the wall. I'll see them again soon. It's like, I, I kind of think of people having died as having emigrated, like they're still living, but they're carrying on over there in the UK while I'm here in Canada. Um, everything's good. You know, we're all on our own path. It's all good. All fair in love and war. So, but if people are feeling a lot of grief and remorse, you can write a letter, say, thank you for being my father or my husband or whatever. Please, um, you know, I was, I'm very upset about this. Please forgive me or I forgive you. Because until we do that, we've like got still that um, spiritual umbilical cord tugging on each other. And nobody wants that. They can't be at peace. You can't be at peace. So if you make peace with what is and all your relationships, and you don't have to you know, have them come over for Sunday dinner if they're still living and you're grieving about a loss of a relationship. 
you just can say we're good you know i created you you gave me a lesson thank you very much i don't know what it is just yet but i will understand it then you can release it in and be at peace i think being at peace with who you are what's gone before what's coming what is is the thing to do because when we're at peace we're open to anything happening in the future we've got no resistance it's all wide open and we can experience the love and all our desires manifesting magically or in the physics realm whatever way you want to say it it's just a beautiful place to be and not in grief and to me that sounds like freedom like that your description Absolutely. That, that's freedom and so it is like even just forgiveness of current day things like things that are happening with other people that are living it gives you peace and it frees you you holding on to that is not punishing the other person it's punishing yourself and so it's so beautiful exactly exactly like i say to people when i say you know you need some forgiveness i'm not gonna forgive that blah 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 and i say well you do know that you're carrying you know this big bag of heavy bricks around with you every day aren't you exhausted and they're they're off having the life of riley yeah. you know they don't care they don't care maybe they've got maybe they're psychopaths and they've got no remorse but you're suffering so why don't you let it up to the universe and let them take care of business because there is such a thing as karma as well but you know remember you created that person why did you create that event and that person there was a gift in it for you too so once you get the gift you can drop the bricks. Yeah, the lesson the lesson has been extracted. You can let go of the rest, right? Yeah. I've, I've got a really great story for me, Robin, yeah. about this. Uh, people ask me, how did you become psychic, Natasha? And I say, well, if my mother hadn't been psycho, I wouldn't be psychic. And my first, first book is called, oh, I think I'm psychic and you can be too. And it's not really a mommy dearest book, but I talk about why I became psychic because it's different for people. At the end of her life, she was in Scotland. She'd had a stroke and I hadn't seen her or spoken to her in 10 years. And I thought, okay, I need to go over there, do a forgiveness thing with her because she was a humanist. She did not believe in an afterlife. And I went, oh no, she's going to be haunting me. <laughs> so I flew over to Scotland. My brother said, you don't need to come. She's had a stroke. She can't speak. I said, perfect. I get the last word. Anyway, towards the end of that week, I did a forgiveness thing with her and I said, you know, you've hurt us, we've hurt you, but you know, wherever you're going, just go in peace. We're done. You know, we've all got the lessons now. You know, you did an amazing job as a mother in the beginning and you know, none of us are perfect. It's all good. Go in peace. And I felt that when I'd done that, she would pass that day or the next day. She passed the next day. I'm back home in Canada nine months later and she her spirit bounces into my kitchen and she's like 26 years old again. She's happier than anything. And she said, thank you so much for doing that forgiveness because you allowed me to heal my demons, get rid of my demons and accelerate my process on the other side. And now I'm back to being in my essence and free and clear. So there's a lot of power in that. And even if people have died, I want to say to people, write a letter. They're still alive in spirit. It's only they stood, they're not wearing this coat of a physical body, but they're still the same people. They're still that person. So write a letter to them, release yourself, release them from the bonds that you had in this lifetime, because in the end, it's just a gift of learning and expansion, and then you're all good to go. 
And like you mentioned before, releasing those energetic cords that are affecting you as well, right? So for you, it's exactly. freeing and healing as well. It brings you peace too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. Exactly. I feel like I yeah. could I could talk to you all day. Um, but I I know you have so much to offer. You have so many exciting things going on. So where can people find more about you if they're curious or you mentioned your books? Where can they find all of that? And what, what do you have going on right now? Okay, thank, thank you for you asking that, Robin. So my website, natasharosewood.com, people can go there if they're interested in finding my first three books, which are on metaphysics. First one is called, ah, I think I'm psychic and you can be too. And that helps people identify the way they are intuitive because we all are and my funny and sad stories about my journey second one is more about the afterlife spirit forgiveness like we were saying past lives animal spirits that's called ah i thought you were dead and other psychic adventures and that's 20 true stories from my own clients god bless them and then the third one is was a fun book but it was based on actual stories called mostly true ghostly stories my latest book is called Flight of Your Life, Confessions of a 1970s Air Hostess. And it's a bit of a departure, but really what I wanted to do is to A, tell my flying stories because people begged me to write them. They were so outrageous. Um, but it's also emphasizing, especially after COVID, how imperfect and how lovable we all are. So whether you're Spanish or French or black, white or pink, it doesn't matter. And the more imperfect we are, I feel the funnier and the more lovable we are. So it's got a nice spirit to it. And there will be a follow-up book to that called The Longest Flight of Your Life, which is about me going to Barbados, LA, New York, Miami, and some really amazing incidents on those flights. Uh, all of them can be found at Amazon. And what I else have got going on is a uh, Hollywood a script, a movie script that's being developed in Hollywood right now. I'm very excited about that. Also a true story. Um, I won't tell you the title just yet, but um, we're hoping that's going to be out in the next two years, fingers crossed. And I'm going to also um, just uh, really promote these books because I want to be able to put them onto audibles for people who aren't readers or people who are on, stuck on the highway, that kind of thing. Um, I'm still doing newsletters if people want readings, quantum healings, ghost bustings, um, psychic coaching if they have a, an ability themselves and they're scared of it or they want to develop it. They can find all that on my website. You are so incredible. Oh, I love everything that you do and everything that you offer. And I really, really appreciate you coming here today and sharing your wisdom with all of our listeners. I'm sure there was some good nuggets and takeaways for absolutely everyone who's listening to this. So I thank you so much. I really appreciate having you on today. Well, as a thank you, Robin, did, would you like me to plug into you for a little bit? Oh, I love it. Yes, sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but I, I know you have a child already, right? Yes, I have two daughters. Okay. I don't know if you want another one, but I'm feeling like a little, another little one coming in. <laughs> I don't know if I've told you that before. If it's not yours, it's somebody close to you because I feel like there's a another how old is your youngest right now? She's 15 months. 
Okay, I don't think it's her. I, I want to say new baby. Now, new baby can represent new business, growth, right? We know this. I do feel you're doing very, very well in your business. I feel like you're going to do amazingly well. And I don't know if you've thought about writing a book yet, but I'm sure there's a book in the pipeline for you. But I want to say it's coming a bit further down the pipeline. Obviously, you've got enough on your plate with babies in the business. <laughs> but it's not too far into the future. And I feel like you, you're going to gather some stories for yourself before you kind of sit down. I think you still have some questions that you want to answer for yourself before you sit down and write the book. But I'll just tell you this, and I was told this, I heard this, sometimes when you read a book where the author doesn't know the answers yet, is the best kind of book, because you're taking the reader on this journey of discovery and, and curiosity. And then you get to the end, you go, oh, yes, that's the answer. So there's something about that for you in the writing of your book. Have you thought about writing? Yeah, books? actually I have. It's crossed my mind, to be honest. Um, it has crossed my mind. And like you said, right now, I just feel like there's a lot going on. I'm busy enough as it is, but it is something I can see. And it's funny because I don't know if it was you or someone else that I had a reading with years and years ago too, when I wasn't on this path that I'm on right now. And they mentioned something similar. And at that time, I just thought, okay, well, that part wasn't accurate. But And it's funny because I love going back and listening to these old readings too. I always try to keep them recorded because at the time, like it might not even be in my mind or my fear exactly. at all. And so that's exactly. funny because that came up years ago and maybe it planted a seed then. I don't know, but it is something that I've thought about more recently as well. Not in this exact moment, but yeah, I love, I love hearing that. That's so exciting. And also, if I may say, there's somebody in spirit around you, male energy. He, he kind of feels like he's big, like tall, big, I don't know if he's got just got loom, big energy. Um, I want to say grandfather. Your father's still here, yeah. right? Yeah. The grandfather or even great-grandfather, somebody who um, definitely cares about you. I want to say he's your protector, big-time protector. Uh, he won't let anything physical happen to you. And also he's helping you a little bit with your business. They're not allowed to interfere, but he's kind of, kind of finding your parking spot or you know connecting you with the right person or something it'll be in the form of an intuitive hit for you what you need to do <clears throat> excuse me but he's um I want to say he's quite a character he's he's got big energy or he's, he was big physically in this life does that connect you with does that remind you of anybody yes actually my great grandfather has come through a few times before and he was massively tall and very intelligent and yeah i've actually been told that he's been with me before so i love hearing that i love hearing that i'm supported yeah you absolutely are and protected which is nice mm -hmm. that's always nice so you've come to the planet to do some really good work and you you're doing it and so they're going to make sure you're safe in that so you can continue and keep expanding beautiful oh, that is so beautiful i appreciate that thank you i'm always open i'm like oh who knows maybe i'll get a sign today or whatever so i love that that is such a wonderful way to cap this off and yeah thank you so much i really appreciate that 
And I appreciate you, Robin, the work you're doing. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk, because you know I love to talk about what I'm doing. And just let people know that this work is available. If anybody's struggling right now, there's no need to struggle. Please contact me. And if the sessions are too expensive, I do offer payment plans if people need a little gentle help with that. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. And for all our listeners, hope you have a wonderful week. If you've made it to the end of this episode, that means you're committed to expanding your mindset, shifting your beliefs, and the journey back to self. We are so honored and absolutely grateful to have you along for the ride. If you enjoyed this conversation, please help us spread the message by sending this episode to a friend. The Rising Rebel is dedicated to creating a paradigm shift where women remember how truly magical and innately worthy they are. See you next week, and remember, empowered women are good for the world.